it's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. So this is quite an auspicious day because it's the first sign of good news that really, really matters with what we've been through in 2020 with coronavirus of the many vaccines competing against each other there's one in stage three which is the most important stage in testing a vaccine that as you've heard 90 percent effective and then in turn led to a massive rise in the value of stocks around the world not all stocks benefited ironically enough a number of tech stocks took it on the chin that had benefited heavily from people spending a lot more time at home or people who voluntarily chosen or been required to work from home. And so those companies, it's been rough for, but everybody else, I mean, gosh, you look at what's happened with the cruise line stocks, the airline stocks, anything related to hospitality. Uh, movie theater stocks just went through the roof and this is a forward-looking thing the stock market either depending on its current situation is either unrelated to the general economy or it is typically forward-looking this in this case is a clearly forward-looking indicator from the investment community that they see the possibility that over the next year that economies around the world will reemerge. And so this is a very, very exciting thing, especially when you look at the number of people who are contracting coronavirus daily. Uh, the most recent number I saw was 106,000 new cases in a single day. And as I shared with you just last week, the really good news in a bad news scenario is the number of people dying from coronavirus who get it is significantly lower than it was months ago because medical professionals, doctors, nurses, and others in medicine have figured out much better how to treat coronavirus, but we still face a tough winter, fall and winter, with a lot of uh, sadly loss of life and many of us will be touched by that in our own families uh, with friends loved ones who will succumb to the virus but the good news from an economic perspective is that we are going to be able to turn the corner and it's going to be because of the vaccines if in fact they proved to be as effective as what this stage three shows. So isn't it nice to have some good news for a change in a year that has been a rough, rough year. This has been a, a tough time. And I know there are a lot of people who, uh, maybe because of where you live in the United States or the fact that you haven't known anyone who has died from it, that it seems like a lot of crazy hype. Uh, I have had 
the unfortunate circumstance to know people who have died of coronavirus, to know others that have been made very sick by it. And so it's very real to me. And I think often with uh, an illness that spreads whatever it is, that it really is something that we react to based on what's happening around us in our own families, in our own neighborhoods. And I just happen to have experienced up close the consequences of a tough thing. A lot of the economy, you know, we're halfway back. Roughly half of the jobs, net jobs lost in the United States to coronavirus. Half of them are back. The other half are really going to take their time to come back. And the key to that is going to be people feeling in large numbers comfortable resuming normal life's activities. It's time for your questions that you posted for me at clark.com slash ask. Producers Kim and Joel take turns, and it's Kim's turn. All right, this is from Andrea in Georgia. She says, my mother is elderly and has timeshare assets. My siblings and I are not interested in the monthly management fees of having a timeshare. What are the ramifications of leaving this in her will to her children? Do we have to accept this portion of her will? And if not, how do we unload the timeshare? All right. First, you never want to inherit a timeshare. Never, 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 whatever. And so the best answer came from several people the last time I had this question. And it was that you have your mom name in her will, the timeshare operator itself as the recipient of the timeshare, that they inherit the timeshare not any family members. You specifically name them. The legal name of the timeshare operator is who you dump it back into the lap of. And then it'll be up to them to turn around and find somebody to sell it to again. And I want to thank all the those who took the time to write in that suggestion because no lawyer has ever suggested it that I can recall And it's a very, very smart way to handle a timeshare that, again, no one ever, ever wants to inherit your timeshare. Only if you have a kid you don't like, name them as the person who gets your timeshare after you're no longer with us. Joel? Clark Michael in Oklahoma says, I have a 21-year-old that's getting ready to move out, and I'm looking for an online course that she can take for money management. These are things I could teach, but I think it would be better received if she took like a short class. I also think that it it could help touch on things that I wouldn't necessarily think of. The main things I'm thinking about are budgeting, credit, and investing. I started checking online, and there are so many options, so I thought I would check with you first. So there's um, an entry-level course that I really, really like that is a more modern version of one that I recommended for a number of years. And it's from CNBC, the business channel. And it's Personal Finance 101. And it takes you through as much depth as your child really wants to go through and does it multimedia with videos, with written information. And so you really get a base level knowledge about how to handle money, how to set goals, 
and how to do the most basic of investing. So I do like that. If anybody gets more into this, Khan Academy, which you may have heard me talk about before, K-H-A-N Academy, has a bunch of very good courses that can walk you through uh, greater information, you know, deeper dives into various phases of personal finance and how to handle money and how to plan. Kim? Brandon in Texas says, as per your suggestion, I went to Policy Genius to look for insurance and I found a company that I really like that gives a policy without an exam. But then I see that the company was only founded in 2016 and I'm wondering if I should be concerned buying a term policy from them. Also, do you know if there's any difference between an accelerated or a level term policy? Wonderful question. So first, thank you for doing your homework. And what I go to is what's known as the AM best rating. That's a rating of the strength of an insurer. And if you're buying a long level term policy, uh, let's say 20, 30 years, I want you to buy one from a company that preferably is rated A double plus, A plus plus, the highest rating of financial strength issued by AM Best. Um, you could trade down to A plus, but in the case of this insurer, I've just looked them up, and they are rated as just a simple A, which sounds good in school, but not good enough in terms of an insurance company. So I would pass on them for a longer term level term policy, but if you're looking 10 or 15 years, they would be okay as an A-rated insurer to choose. As you move out the years, I want that stronger standard of financial strength. So accelerated benefit, the, the idea of that is a very, very unusual thing for level term insurance. It allows you to accelerate the payments of benefits in a tragic personal situation. And usually the insurer will have as part of the policy for free where you can accelerate the benefit based on having a terminal illness. Sometimes there will be other things that can lead to you being able to do an accelerated benefits payout. So it's just a, for lack of a better term, it's a feature of a traditional whole life insurance policy or a level term insurance policy offered by more and more insurers that allows somebody, if they've got a lot of expenses while living, that the benefit can be accelerated and then it reduces the benefit that will be received by a loved one at the time of your passing. Joel? Clark Carla in Virginia says, a few weeks ago you spoke about the dangers of investment accounts being hacked. You specifically mentioned the issues with Robinhood and ways to prevent or mitigate damage. What about SIPC? Would SIPC insurance cover any losses due to the hacking of an investment account? This is a real hole in individual financial security in the United States. The SIPC is not a government agency. It's a private group, Securities Investors Protection Corporation, I think is what SIPC stands for. And they do not stand behind you in the event your account is hacked. There is no legal requirement. And this is something Congress 
when they get their act together, needs to fix. There is no legal requirement that stock brokerages stand behind their customers in the event of a hack. So you want to look for a broker, Robinhood's not one, that stands behind their customers if hackers are able to get into the account. And there are some that stated explicitly, like Charles Schwab, others that are more wishy-washy. You want to know that policy because there's a lot more money in brokerage accounts than there is in bank accounts. Lynn is with us on the Clark Howard Show. And Lynn, you are a really good daughter. You are really trying to help your mom who's in a hard spot. And I guess she's not the easiest person to hang out with either. Uh, sometimes no. So we tried the whole having her move in with us, and it's just not going to be an option. So, so we're looking at helping her in another way if possible. So tell me, how hard off is she financially? Like, what's her story? She has nothing. Nothing oh. in savings, nothing in retirement, nothing. So there is no money. She has $30,000 to her name, and that is it. And how many siblings do you have? I have one who's not in the greatest position to help financially. A little bit they can, but not too much. So you're it. You, you, the roles have reversed, and you're Pretty the one much. who is here now to serve your mom, who when you were younger, your mom was there for you. Now you have a choice to make if you're going to be there for your mom. Exactly, yes. So not under your roof, that's not going to work. So what are you thinking of doing to help support her? Well, we have been throwing around if we should help her with rent. Um, and it's rent is very high. I had no idea how much rent is. It's more than a, a house payment at this point. Or, so we're also throwing around buying a condo for her. Um, our house is just about paid off, so that would not we're thinking of just continuing our house payment to pay for a condo and consider it an investment. Um, I didn't know if that would be the best route or rent to me is just like throwing money away. And I hate the thought of doing that. Well, part so. of it depends on how healthy your mom is, Lynn. So she's uh, how old again? She's 74. And um, do you think she'll be able to live independently for nobody has a perfect crystal ball, but, how right. long do you think she'll be able to take care of herself based on her existing physical condition and any pre-existing she has? I'm going to guess and say at least 10 years. All right. Do you know why that's an important number? Uh, if, I, if I buy a condo and if I, need, if I wanted to sell it right away, that wouldn't be the best idea? Is exactly. So, so if okay. you've got a 10-year window, you're willing to subsidize your mom's life. And you would own this condo. I need to tell you the way it works, since she wouldn't be paying you rent for now. No. It's not an, an investment in a traditional sense. You're, it's almost like you bought a vacation home, but you don't get to use it. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, you would own it for the time period that she would occupy it. And then at that point, if the condo allows you to rent the unit out, you could then turn it into a rental property or at the point that your mom no longer occupies it, you could sell it. But I did want to ask you a family dynamics question. Um, how does your spouse feel about you subsidizing your mom to this expense? Um, he is amazing about it. So 
his mom is the exact opposite. She's more than taken care of. We don't have to worry about her at all. So we are literally at two extremes of moms. So, but he understands that I have to get up and look myself in the mirror, and he's willing to support me in whatever I need to do. That is so. awesome. It so, is awesome. So yeah. in your case, buying the condo would work. It would make mm-hmm. sense. And just make sure that any condo you buy, you are allowed to rent it out. Um, many condos don't even allow rental to a family member. I did look into that, and there is a clause in the bylaws, the HOA, whatever, that says that family members can live there. You can lease it to them. They allow 12 rentals the whole complex a year, but they don't count family members. So I did look into that. So I think we're okay there. Well, good for you for doing that work. And it's wonderful that you were there for your mom in this way and that your husband is all in. It's so great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you have. In a shocking development, Marriott Corporation just reported it made a profit in its most recent quarterly earnings. Why is that shocking? Because in the first two quarters of financial reports after the pandemic began, hotel chains were reporting losses that were off the charts. I mean, just unprecedented levels of losses. And now, how could they be making money? Because the pandemic's still with us, and a lot of people have changed their travel patterns and all the rest. It's because people in large numbers are traveling by vehicle. It's part of what's helped the car rental agencies start to heal. Still with business way down, but people who may have flown and then rented a car now are renting a car and using the rental car even for long-distance trips. Well, there's a pattern you need to know If you're going to travel over the Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's holiday period, or really any time you're going to take a leisure trip uh, until the pandemic winds down. And here's what you need to know. Car rentals at the airport, still unloved. Car rentals available at what are called neighborhood rentals, which is where Enterprise has been so powerful over the years. Those are doing quite well. Hotels along the freeway doing extremely well right now as people hit the road, go on these uh, potentially long road trips. They may have uh, two nights or three nights on the way to their destination that they're staying in a hotel. So in one of the most unusual circumstances I've ever seen, as someone who has been part of the travel industry for two generations, is that hotels right now at a freeway exit are doing extremely well with high occupancies all over the country, not every freeway exit, but as a general rule, doing very well, and have been able to bump their rates up. Car rentals done at the airport, unloved. That's where the deals are. Car rentals done in your own neighborhood. 
prices moving up because the demand has shifted. So if you understand those patterns, there's great opportunity for you to save money. So with hotels, a little more inconvenient, but if you're traveling through a metro area, check rates with a downtown hotel or in a suburban office park or something like that or in a, um, uh, what do they call those, satellite satellite business centers where you have a lot of office buildings and hotels in one area. They may take you 10 minutes, 15 minutes out of your path on your way down the highway, but you may get a much better hotel and a much cheaper hotel staying in an emptied out corporate-oriented hotel than in one that's a roadside hotel at a freeway exit with the car rentals. If you're going to rent one for your trip, it may be inconvenient for you to go to the airport, but it may save you so much money on the car rental that you live with the inconvenience, because I'm cheap like that, and you go rent that vehicle at the airport instead of at the neighborhood car rental place that, again, Enterprise specializes at, but Enterprise is also huge at the airports. And so you may find that price gap there and Hertz and Avis having these neighborhood rentals, again, likely now cheaper at the airport, even with the higher surcharges you usually pay renting a vehicle at the airport. And at ClarkDeals.com, as we move into the holiday season, we'll keep you up to date. And at Clark.com as well, with the travel information we post on our travel section, what kind of deals are being offered on hotels? I have found through the pandemic that the best deals on hotels have been at Priceline with a twist. You know, I historically have booked probably 80 to 90% of my hotel nights on Priceline, and I knew I was booking non-refundable. Now, with most Priceline bookings, you get the cheaper rates, but your booking is also cancelable up to a very reasonable time before you're going to arrive, so you get the lower price and you get the ability to cancel your booking in a lot of cases. Just make sure if you're booking something that you do, in fact, have that right to cancel. It's time for your questions. You posted for me at clark.com ask. Producers Kim and Joel take turns, and Kim, it's your turn. That's right, and this is from Paul in Florida. Paul says, I had a hospital visit back in February of this year, and the bill was about $2,500. It took a long time to get to me because of a few mess-ups. It had to work its way through my insurance company and go back and forth for a little bit till it got to the correct amount. Now, the amount that is due is due all from me because it did all fall within my annual deductible. Unfortunately, with all of the mix-ups and back and forth, I didn't pay right away after the final amount was determined and now it's gone to a collector. I have the money to pay it, but before I do, I wanted to ask you how do I make sure that one, it satisfies the debt in full, and two, that the debtor observes the 180-day waiting period for all unpaid medical bills before they try to get it onto my credit report. Okay, uh, first I must tell you, I hope that you did, uh, after this medical event, 
make a full and complete recovery. Second, I'm so impressed that you know the special rule that's been adopted that protects people from having their credit ruined over a medical bill that stays in suspended animation until it finally reaches a consumer many times way, way late. And there's a recognition now in the marketplace that medical back office billing is a disaster and that a bill arriving up to six months late should not harm you. One thing I would do is I would reach out to the medical center where you were treated to a patient advocate, what used to be called a hospital social worker, now usually called the patient advocate department, and see if they can just pull that item back from the collection agency and allow you to pay the hospital. Then it's completely out of the collector's hands. If they can't do that, then what you do is with the collection agency, you want in writing as a condition of you paying your money that there will be no reference on your credit report ever, and if any reference has been made, that it will be suppressed as required under the law, that you need that in writing before they get money. And you sound like you're pretty savvy about protecting yourself. Stay tough. Joel? Clark Allen in Virginia says, I got auto insurance quotes from a few major insurance companies. One quote was for half of the amount uh, that the others were, were giving me for the same coverage. But this company is not a company that you've recommended on your website. So should I be skeptical? And what should I be looking out for when I'm shopping? This is, um, this is a dilemma that is hard to easily resolve. So with auto insurance, you have a small handful of insurers that historically have found that when you have a claim, they're phenomenal. Then you have others that look at you as the enemy when time comes for a claim. And so you paid that money all through the years, whatever it is, and then you're kind of thrown to the wolves when it's time for them to step up and be there for you. So it's hard to resolve when you have an insurer who's not one of the fair-haired children, as far as I'm concerned, for auto insurers, but you've got somebody offering you premiums at half the cost, hopefully for the identical coverages. At half the cost, uh, gosh, I think that's enough difference that even for me and my rules about an auto insurer, I think that's worth giving them a try. Because we're talking about huge money. The average individual has an auto insurance claim maybe once a decade. Think how much money you could save over time. So uh, I think I'd, I'd give that a chance. I can't believe I just said that. Kim? Keith in Georgia says, I've received several estimates to have the exterior of my house painted. All the firms I've contacted are well-known, reputable, and carry workers' compensation coverage. However, when you dig deeper, you'll find that the workers' comp coverage only covers the firm's employees. And since all the firms use subcontractors to actually do the work and paint the house, I'm pretty certain that I might end up liable in the event of injury on my property. I've been told by all the painting firms that they do indeed use subcontractors, so I'm wondering how do I ensure that I'm protected against injury liability, but also still get my house painted? My goodness, I mean, is today the day for people who do all their homework? 
that's very impressive that you pierced that and figured out that the even though they presented you workers' comp certificates, that those workers' comp certificates are essentially useless. So with the companies that are using subs, unless the subs are directly hired independent contractors, but they're hiring a firm, the question would be the company they're subbing out to, do they have workers' comp for their workers? So that's the question to ask as the next layer with each of these companies. If they say, no, these are all just people we pay by the, by the day, they're, they're not with any organized company or anything like that, then the problem you have, and this is generally true, you got people up on tall ladders and all that, there's a real danger of injury, and it is your liability insurance for your homeowners that would be called upon. So uh, I don't know that there's an easy way because so often with painters, you're going to find this exact situation that they don't have workers' comp. There's no easy way for you to really have true peace of mind. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jake joins us on the Clark Howard Show. And Jake, you're off to a pretty exciting career, aren't you? I I think I am, yes. So uh, tell your fellow listener what you're doing for a living. Um, well, I just finished my fellowship, and I'm starting my career as a rheumatologist. Wow. Well, <laughs> could you have picked a field that's going to be more in demand over the next several decades than what you've picked? I, I get that quite a bit, especially with kind of the baby boomer generation aging and um, arthritis being one of the primary conditions we treat in rheumatology. I have a family member who has, uh, I think it's called Renaud's, which is yes, a, a t- terrible thing that happens as people age. So um, how can I be of service to you? Because you're obviously going to spend your professional lifetime serving others. <laughs> well, I just completed my fellowship, starting career as a rheumatologist. My wife and I are planning to start a family and purchase a home in the next one to two years. And we're both wondering how to prioritize our seat. So do either of you have student loans? Do you have student loans from going to medical school, um, undergraduate, graduate school? Your wife have any loans you're dealing with? Yes. Um, we have combined student loans of 150000 Which is under- actually, which is a shocking number to a lot of people, but is very, very low for the number of years you've been in school and the cost of the education you've had. 
So yes, we're very fortunate in that sense. The 150, how much of it is federal and how much of it is private? So it's all private. All private. Um, we we refinance, so all of them are under 4%, probably an average of about 3.3% fixed. Okay, so that's great. So you've got fixed interest rate. Um, that's going to be really helpful to you. So it's like you already have one mortgage in your life. Correct, exactly. And what are you required to pay every month on the student loan debt? Um, well, our goal actually is to kind of pay that student loan debt off within five years. Okay, thirty grand um, a year on the income you have. Yeah, it's it's roughly about like four thousand um, dollars per month. Yeah, so that's the, on that the income you'll pay. have now that your uh, residency and fellowships over that's going to be easily doable, but we've got these other goals. You say you want to buy a house. Um, you're going to have kids coming into your life. So I would say, this is going to be weird for me to say as much as I hate debt, for you to pay only what's required is minimum payments on the debt each month for now on the student loan debt. And I okay. want you to stash as much money as you can towards down payment of the home you want to buy. Okay. That that was our biggest question because right now my my wife is maxing out her 401k, maxing out her HSA contributions. Through the practice I joined, I don't have access to a 401k for another year. So the question was, do we put our most of the money towards student loans, towards a down payment, so we avoid like a physician's loan, or um towards a, another retirement account and we we're going to kind of ask you if it was the retirement account route what so for a year here's how i do it i use the clock that's been set up for you as the way to make the decision spend the next year till you become eligible for the 401k in the medical practice to build up down payment for the home and then build up as much as you can you get to 20% of the cost of the home, you're going to avoid a ripoff fee called private mortgage insurance, which I'd love for you to do. And then once you've completed buying the home, you're a year in, then you fully participate like your wife is in the 401k that'll be available to you. And that's how you'll be able to pick up on the long-term savings rate that you're going to need for your life. I'm not at all worried with the mentality I can tell both you and your wife have that you're going to be able to wipe out this 150k in student loans in short order, but let's get things in the right order, building up the money for the down payment on the home, and then really concentrate on paying off that 150k in student loan debt. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.